This is Pursuit of Happiness Radio. As we all know, there is a downside to freedom of speech. Pursuit of Happiness Radio. In America, you have a right to be stupid. Pursuit of Happiness Radio. This is America, and in America, if something sucks, you're supposed to be able to get your money back. This is Pursuit of Happiness Radio. A meteorite crashed into a home in New Jersey. Just a big old rock from the sky came down, hit the earth right in the exact place where a home was located in the state of New Jersey. And while no one was hurt, the family did suffer the catastrophic loss of three Adidas tracksuits and a Camaro Z28. It was the saddest thing that ever happened in New Jersey since the cancellation of The Sopranos. Hi, I'm Kenny Webster. Welcome to Hour 2 of Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness, a needlessly long name for an afternoon talk radio show. You're probably noticing that music in the background. Yes, my friends, that means we're going to the border. We're going there right now. Breitbart.com today reports, once again, the Lone Star State is delivering busloads of illegal immigrants to Vice President Kamala Harris's home at the Naval Observatory. In Washington, D.C. I've always had mixed feelings about this because on one hand, what's it doing? Okay, what's the pros and cons here? Pros, it's funny. It is. Come on, it's funny. Admit that it's funny. Of course it's funny. And then uh, the con, right? It's probably expensive. And while it makes a point about how there's all these illegals down here and liberals don't want them, they want them to stay in the red states. You know, is it? Is it accomplishing anything? That's the question. What's it doing? This is not the first time Governor Abbott's done this. Last October, he dropped off 40 illegals at her house. And that is just the most racist thing that ever happened, according to the left. Now, the question is, you know, the liberal media telling you Governor Abbott is a, a mean person for doing this. But I got I to gotta point out, if Washington, D.C. is a sanctuary city, what's the big deal? We're shipping busloads of illegals to the big blue cities. And I, all right, more pros here. First, it gets these illegals out of our state. Democrats are desperate to turn Texas into California. That's the whole point of this. They want to completely alter the culture here. California, if you could believe, used to be a reliably Republican state. Hell, I'm, I'm 40 years old. There was a time during my life, my adult life, when they had a Republican governor. Of course, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. It wasn't exactly a far-right conservative, but still. You know what else this does? It spreads the invasion's pain to those causing it. If cities like D.C., Chicago, New York, self-righteously declare themselves sanctuary cities, they do so believing they would never feel the pain of illegal immigration. And, and, you know, they're the ones that invited this. And then the aid in transforming America's border state into Los Angeles, that gets stopped. Thank God. Still, you know, you wonder, how long do we have to do this before it matters? The idea that Joe Biden opened the border to millions of illegal migrants, illegals, for any reason other than to transform our country's population into something drastically different, it's just, it's not only absurd, it slaps right in the face of countless comments from Democrats admitting this is the reason. Democrats care about nothing but power. That's all they care about. 
They don't care what all this illegal labor does to working class job opportunities. Hell, this is basically cheap slave labor for them. And it is. All right, it's not slave labor, but it lives right down the street from it, y'all. We're talking about indentured servitude. We're talking about people getting blackmailed, extorted by the cartels, the very coyotes that help them get trafficked into the country. This isn't good for Americans. It's not good for the migrants. Who's it good for? Politicians. They don't care about the cost to taxpayers. They don't care about all the Americans who die at the hand of illegals, the poisonous drugs that follow, the child sex trafficking. They don't care about that at all. They don't. They do not care. All Democrats care about is cementing Arizona as a blue state, turning Texas into a purple state and eventually a blue state. And, you know, the cost of human lives, both American and Central American and the human wreckage, those are merely the broken eggs from the Democrat Party's utopian omelet. So Republican governors ship these illegals to blue cities. They keep shipping them until the Democrat mayors demand the White House enforce immigration law. Or the voters in these cities wake up to the devastation and finally change their stupid voting patterns. If Biden gets reelected in 2024, God forbid, what's going to stop him from quadrupling down on this foreign invasion? We could be looking at tens of millions of unknown illegals flooding into our country. You ever wonder what's becoming of the country that they're leaving? Is there anybody left there? You ever go look at a big American city that used to have a lot of population that, until they migrated somewhere else? Look at a place like Detroit or St. Louis. People used to, St. Louis used to be a lot bigger than it is. Detroit, too. These used to be huge cities. Some of these places on the East Coast. I mean, yeah, there's still people in Philadelphia, but a lot of people have left the city. And you get what happens, right? After the people that own the property, ran the businesses, leave, what's left behind? Crime, poverty, Powerful elites clinging to whatever power they have left. Do you think the equivalent of that is not happening down in Central America? The fact that we're letting these people come into our country, open borders, it's actually making the country they're coming from worse. I am all for legal immigration. I am for it. Frankly, I, I think it. you will rarely hear a conservative say this on a talk radio station, I think the path to citizenship might be a little too complicated. We should probably make what we what we need right now is skill based immigration. If you're a scientist, if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, if you're a mathematician. We should make it easier to become a citizen. People who are vetted and contribute and make America better and more prosperous. I'm all for that. Let's bring them in. America is a country of immigrants. It is y'all. What America is not and, and can never survive is being a country of illegal immigrants. And they know that, and that's why they're doing it. Yeah, uh, let's get straight to discussion. We here to talk about something, about politics and government, and all this hidden corruption. This show here ain't your average. This podcast, you gotta get. You tuned in with Ken. This is Pursuit of Happiness. Yesterday was Mother's Day, and if you didn't get a card from Nick Cannon, odds are you are doing it wrong. Hi, everybody. Kenny Webster. Happy Mother's Day out there. Mother's Day matters to me. I hope it matters to all of you. 
We, um, you know, we empower women on this radio show. We enjoy women, all kinds of women, big ones, small ones, little ones, the regular ones, the normals, the trans, the cis. All right, maybe not. <laughs> all right, maybe I went a little too far on that, but couldn't help but notice, you know, there's a lot of moms out there in this world. And y'all deserve to be acknowledged and loved on Mother's Day. The Washington Post doesn't think so. The Washington Post ran a really interesting article. I just had it here on my screen and I lost it. The Washington Post did a piece this weekend explaining how this Mother's Day we need to remember drag queens and gay cultural icons. Like, what? <laughs> we do? Yeah, It's listen to this headline from uh, the Washington Post. Let me see if I could find it here. They They ran a story talking about how, all right, regular moms, your day is over. It's time for us to rep recognize Beyonce for her contributions to the LGBTQ community. Like, wait, what? Beyonce is gay? For many, quote, this is, the article is titled, The Mothers of Queer Culture Reflect on Their Moms. And then the article uh, on Twitter, they start off with this, quote, for many queer people, Mother's Day is not just a celebration of mothers, but of quote unquote mothers. They put mothers in quotation marks. The artists, mentors, and cultural icons inspired by LGBTQ ballroom culture who champion individuality despite pressures to conform. And then there's a photo of Beyonce. Wait, isn't the real news story here that Beyonce is queer or lesbian or trans or whatever? There's Guys, I had no idea. Beyonce, how is Beyonce a gay icon? Just because she's a woman or something? With gay men like divas, I guess? All right. All right. Oh, fine. Okay, great. Beyonce is a gay icon. I'm, it seems like anyone's a gay icon if you want them to be. I don't read the Washington Post. I also don't read Sports Illustrated. And I certainly don't read the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. I'm so old. I can remember when the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue was for men. That's not the case anymore. The cover model for this Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue that's about to get released is 81-year-old Martha Stewart, which might surprise you for two reasons. Number one, it's Martha Stewart on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Number two, she's 81. Did you know that? For the record, Martha Stewart is a beautiful woman. Did you know she started her career off as a model a very long time ago? And I guess she's still a model today. But then when you flip through the pages, there's a transgender pop star Kim Petrus, 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 I don't know how to say her name, German lady. She's a trans rapper. Or him, he's a trans rapper. I don't know what you're supposed to say. But that's who it, the only thing in the magazine that you'd probably be interested in, and if you're a red-blooded, heterosexual American man, is Megan Fox. But no offense, Megan Fox. Can't you kind of see her anywhere these days? You can, right? Megan Fox is a mother. And she, I don't know, that, that must be weird having Megan Fox as your mom. She hangs out with Machine Gun Kelly, the white rapper, and walks around naked at Hollywood award shows. Motherhood. <laughs> I don't know if that's empowering or not. I'm confused. I, there's a recent episode of Ted Lasso. Spoiler alert. I'm going to ruin the, uh, it's two episodes ago. Ted, do you guys watch that Lasso? The you, you get what it is, right? He's an American football coach who goes to England and tries to learn about soccer. And it was pretty funny at first, but now it's just becoming, you know, they've had to reinvent the show because the joke that he's an American football coach is only funny for so long. And then they have to re then they have to reimagine it as something else. It's like, all right, well, at some point he's not an idiot. He's going to understand soccer. It's not that complicated. Kick a ball down the field. So now the show's all about relationships and love and dating and emotions and therapy and that sort of thing. 
and in a recent episode, one of the topics that they tackled was um, naked photos, naked selfies, and and celebrity nude sex leaks. What happens when a when a when a female celebrity has her naked photos leaked online? And then they make the point here that like her naked video is both empowering and she's a victim. It's confusing, isn't it? But even still, that's somebody's mom. So I don't know how to feel about it. it. I just get that there's a contradiction in messages there. By the way, that reminds me, you know what today is? And now, Mom Thoughts. Another Mother's Day over. And again this year, I'm pretty sure my husband wasn't really into it. Let's see if he enjoys my gift of apathy come Father's Day. Mm. This has been Mom Thoughts. I could use some apathy. I haven't had apathy in years. There's a report today in the Post about how the Secret Service is refusing to hand over emails naming Biden's Delaware visitors. The Secret Service will not tell us who visited the Biden's home in Delaware. That you can't know. The information could bear on a high-profile controversy involving the Biden's family business dealings. Not to mention the Biden's mishandling of classified documents. Remember that one? The Secret Service has a guy who handles FOIA requests, FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act requests. And he is citing a federal appeals court ruling in New York that regards visitor information for former President Trump's residencies, even though the ruling doesn't bind the actions of officials in Delaware or in D.C. In short, basically they're saying, we're not going to tell you who visited the house, even if some serious crimes were committed, even if national security was jeopardized. You know, members of the Chinese communist oligarchy showed up at the house while Hunter Biden was high on drugs, and it does appear as though that happened and had access to these classified documents. You're not supposed to know. Joy Pullman recently pointed out how if we were to follow the liberal standards, the Democrat Party standards for their criticism of Trump, Joe Biden would be on trial right now for treason. If equal standards were applied, Joe would have been impeached in both the press and the Congress for treasonous collusion with foreign governments. Democrats claim Trump committed treason because his son met with a Democrat-planted Russian lobbyist. He didn't know that. In exchange for Russian assistance with election-influencing social media memes, The allegations claimed that Trump's campaign promised a more Russian-friendly U.S. foreign policy. Now, that's not really true, but that's what they said and don't get in the way of a good narrative. And that that means that Trump needed to be impeached and locked up in a prison, throw away the key, yada, yada, yada. If that's true, I hate to be the one to point this out. Joe Biden's family and their use of his high-level U.S. government positions to rake in millions from product-free business deals has been documented since before the Obama administration. Last week, Republicans in Congress added more evidence to the giant pile of evidence indicating the Biden family has been selling influence with the American government to foreign bidders, not for months or years, but decades. So Republicans are calling on the U.S. Department of Justice to do something about it, figure out why the big guy's getting $10 million in payments from foreign countries, and nobody really knows why. It sounds an awful lot like, a, you know, like organized crime. Corporate news outlets largely ignore the evidence. They would have led to another impeachment if Trump were president. Am I wrong? It's been eight years since Democrats openly used their political power 
to append every norm in the playbook. They filed impeachment charges on the first day of Trump's presidency. They spent years contesting presidential elections. They are sweeping elections with low-quality absentee ballots. Their cronies are turning domestic disagreement into domestic terrorism. They're targeting Christian pro-life moms as extremists. They're investigating Catholics for going tradi- to, to tra- traditional math. Mass, excuse me. It's easy for you to say. Every rule they had for Trump, could, if it were applied to Biden, Biden would be in prison right now. So what can we do about it? I mean, honestly, I'm, you know, you, what can you and I do about it? Nothing. <laughs> notice. We can notice. That's about it. It would be nice if the Biden administration were to enforce federal laws and deport border crossers and stop being a hypocrite, that would be nice, right? Maybe on this radio show, I could, you know, tell jokes and play games instead of pointing out all the obvious examples of government corruption all the time, constantly. That reminds me, I'm going to be playing your voicemail messages coming up. Download the iHeartRadio app. Use the talkback feature. If you ever have a question, a comment, a complaint during the show, those are coming up in just a little bit. Stick around. You're listening to Ken Webster's Pursuit of Happiness. Very spicy radio. Experts, scientific ex- computer experts, IT experts are warning that artificial intelligence could cause the end of humanity. You know, in a rare moment of clarity, President Biden said, if anything is going to cause the end of humanity, it's probably his foreign policy. Okay, he didn't really say that, but you're paying attention. That's all that matters. Hi, Kenny Webster here. In the last hour, my buddy Michael Quinn Sullivan was on the line with us, and we were talking about what's going on with this Texas legislative session, particularly when it comes to school choice. School choice is a very popular idea right now with conservative voters, with moderate voters, young people, young parents, people with from, from low-income families who simply, or, or mid-income families who simply want to be able to send their kid to some school other than the piece of crap public school where they live. All public schools aren't created the same. Some people are lucky enough to live near or in a good school district. Other people are not. Some people are lucky enough to have the resources to send their kid to private school. Other people are not. You may recall there was a controversy a week or two back where Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas said that uh, uh, they were accusing him of, of taking money from his rich friend to send a family member to private school. And then when you dig through the story, you realize, wait a second, this is Clarence Thomas's distant great grandniece or nephew, some poor black kid. And Clarence Thomas's rich friend paid for him to go to private school. So liberals are mad that a poor black kid got a good education. You can't make this stuff up, folks. I mean, you could, but what would be the point? And all that being said, my friend Michael Quinn Sullivan and I, as we got into this story about school choice, we're talking a little bit about how sometimes the people in middle management in this state, middle management, a word I'm using to describe Speaker of the House, Dade Phelan, you know, he's a wealthy guy. He's from a rich family. He's not in, in, he doesn't inspire anybody. He's not necessarily influential, if not for his finances. He's farther to the left than his constituents, as Michael Quinn Sullivan put it. And for some reason, he's in charge of our biggest state, uh, the, the biggest body of lawmakers in the state, the state legislature, the House. And I, I'm curious for you, Michael Quinn Sullivan, before we get to uh, Michael Quinn Sullivan here from TexasScorecard.com, before we get to some of the other stuff that's going on right now in Texas state legislature, is there anybody else that's kind of like Dade? that makes you nervous somebody that isn't necessarily a popular idea somebody that's not a good speaker 
somebody who isn't uh, doesn't have a big following on social media, somebody who isn't good at writing, opining about hot button issues, somebody with a popular blog, that sort of thing, who has the money and the influence to shape the direction of the state into something that isn't necessarily what most Texas residents, citizens, voters, and, and property owners would want. Who's the next Dade Phelan is basically what I'm asking. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, you know, t- take your pick of the of the 86 Republicans, and and many of them fall into that category. Unfortunately, um, you know, the, the the only redeeming quality of the the way we do our legislative sessions is that every other year for 140 days. Uh, there are 150 villages that don't have an idiot in them, you know, so you know, that, that's the best thing you can say about, in, in, you know, or at least the threshold thing you say about, about the way we do our legislative session. Do you, you get the village idiot out of town for a while? Um, you know, many of them have the opportunity, you know, given the opportunity, uh, what we've learned is that many of them will campaign as solid conservatives. But in the end, what they really are are guys who just want to be loved by the by the cronies in Austin. And so I think that's where we as voters have to do a better job of asking them really substantial questions and start. You know, we need to stop um, with the, oh, my gosh, he looks so nice in the tie or, wow, you know, did you know that, you know, she used to drive race cars or <laughs> whatever kind of, you know, silly little things, you know, we, we are told to fixate on. Um, we need to instead treat our voting the way that we treat hiring. You know, we are hi- as a voter, I am hiring this person uh, for for the management, for the caretaking of our state and of our republic. Um, and so, to the extent that you know, I'm asking stupid questions. Well, I'm going to get a stupid legislator. To the extent that we as citizens start asking better questions, we're going to end up starting to get better legislators, and therefore better legislative outcomes but it but it really does start with us um you know and and i think even the the debate on school choice kind of demonstrates this you know to too many of us you know we hear a state legislator who runs for office as a cheerleader for our local area and oh my gosh he was the football he played football on the local football team and we're so excited about it um, and and then we and then we're surprised when the cheerleader for everything local that we elect to public office, as it turns out, remains a cheerleader, which means a cheerleader for the bureaucracy, a cheerleader for the status quo, a cheerleader uh, for 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 not you know not causing trouble. When in fact, what we actually want is someone who who presents as a cheerleader, but actually goes in and and fights. And in the real world, you don't have both. You you you. You you don't get to have both, and that's why I say we have to do a better job of, of hiring people. Very well said, Michael. Over the weekend in uh, all over the country over the weekend was Mother's Day, and very strange thing happened during Mother's Day. We talked about this in another segment of the show. Was the uh, the the transing the drag queen uh, influence now on Mother's Day? They want to erase Mother's Day and reinvent it into something else. That's not my exaggerated take on it. There was an article in the Washington Post this weekend talking about what I'm saying right now, but in a more flattering way. Isn't it great that we're finally acknowledging drag queens on Mother's Day? Or You think, well, at least, you know, thank God we live in Texas where we don't have this weird stuff happening. Turns out not the case. HBO's, uh, excuse me, HBO, HEB, the grocery store chain, their billionaire heir and CEO is sponsoring a Texas Pride block party LGBTQ plus event for kids in Temple, Texas, of all places. 
just more brainwashing of you're you're trying to buy produce and you think boy i wonder where my money's going apparently it's going towards brainwashing kids into believing they could switch their gender so a lot of us have been asking all right when's the texas legislature going to do something about this and you have a report you the brandon walton's published over the weekend at texasscorecard.com been a lot of delays on this this legislative session the the texas house is now giving approval for a ban on child gender mutilation. Like, you know, at the very least, can we just not use chemical castration drugs on prepubescent kids? Can we at least let them become adults before they decide if they want to get these life-altering permanent medical procedures that cost a lot of money? And, you know, clearly the money's the motivation on this. Have you looked at what the House is doing? Have you looked at this current policy? Would would would, our, would most of our listeners probably agree that this is going to be beneficial or is it more hot air? Yeah, this is actually one policy where, um, where where what is being debated, what's being proffered, is actually a really good policy. Um, I, I wish I could throw shade at this legislation. I will note that this is something that started in the Texas Senate. Um, they, the Texas Senate passed it more than a month ago, actually had a couple of Democrats join on in support of it over in the Texas Senate. As it turns out, reasonable people really don't think it's a good idea to chop off little boys' penises and dig out little girls' um, breasts. And uh, reasonable people don't think that, you know, whack job parents should be allowed to you know, put their, you know, to sterilize their children. Um, and, you know, so, so reasonable people in the Texas Senate decided maybe, you know, wh- whatever you want to think about, you know, some, you know, overweight 45 year old dude with a beard dressing up like a woman, um, maybe we shouldn't sterilize children, you know, a pretty reasonable position. All right. So that passed the Texas Senate more than a month ago in the Texas House, the unreasonable people, uh, the Democrats and some crony Republicans who are more concerned about what's thought of them at cocktail parties um, have been trying to delay that ban. Um, uh, But but fortunately, the way the clock is working and polling data is showing that it's not going to go well for the Texas House. So Tom Oliverson, a Republican from uh, from there in the Houston area, um, has been pushing um, pushing the Senate's version of this legislation. Um, and, uh, you know, and he's done a very good job on it. Olson probably has some other problems, but at least on this, he has done a very good job of trying to hold the line. Uh, the Democrats and the crony Republicans, though, um, are looking for ways to delay it. Uh, sometime this afternoon, they're going to be debating that issue again. The Democrats are going to again uh, try to thwart it. Uh, but, but again, kind of like with school choice, they're just on the wrong side of history here. Um, you know, th- th- this idea that, you know, parents should be allowed to sexually mutilate their children is something that society has been pretty uniform in condemning for a very, 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 very long time. Um, and the, the sudden urge to sexualize children this way and mutilate them and sterilize them um, is this very weird outgrowth from the, from the, you know, from the gay community that, um, that hopefully uh, we're going to be nipping in the bud here in Texas. No pun intended. No, uh, well, may, maybe a little one. <laughs> maybe a little maybe pun intended. A little intended. Hey. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's more correct to say uh, that hopefully we will be sterilizing the uh, the, uh, the theological uh, beast that's harming our children. Very yes, I'm I'm with you on that one, Michael. Before you go, real quick here, the Attorney General Ken Paxton. I of all the leaders of the state of Texas, I know he's controversial. I know. 
people have made all kinds of accusations about his personal life and his and, and his private business affairs and stuff. But I would assert that for the most part, Ken Paxton is one of the more effective attorney generals around the country. And right now he is challenging a lot of the Biden administrations, as as your website put it, destructive border policies. I don't know if there's a better way to describe Biden's border policies. I'm curious, do you think anything comes of this? Uh, Ken Paxton's filed a lawsuit that would stop Biden and his team from releasing illegals into the country without court dates. This seems like a no-brainer. Like, they're telling, I've seen these reports on social media and stuff. They say, oh, here's a group of illegals who came into the country today. Their court date is in four years. Four years? Where will they be? In four years, they could be in Canada. In four years, they could own a business in Seattle. In four years, this person could be the mayor of Fresno, California. They're not getting deported. They're not being held accountable. Will anything come from uh, Paxton's efforts here? Is this, you know, are you are you optimistic about this? Uh, well, I'm I'm very optimistic that, uh, that 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 at least we have someone who is willing to use the resources of his office um, to try to to shine a light on injustice, and that's kind of what this is. Um, this is injustice for all of us who bought into the social contract um, of, of what it means to be a citizen and a resident and and, and exist where we exist. Um, and and so I think that so one I think it's nice that you've got an AG who's willing to fight that rather than just kind of go along with it. Um, I will say that, you know, Ken Paxson has had a lot more success in the courts than any other AG, uh, both in Texas history, uh, but also just currently around the country in in successfully fighting these things. And I think that that's where, you know, so, I, I you know, Ken Paxson and his team have proven that they don't just file lawsuits so that they can get a press release put out. They actually file lawsuits based on on their ability, on, on what they perceive as their ability to successfully prosecute the case and win the case. Um, and so I think that when you, you know, when to the, so I have a fair degree of confidence uh, that, that Attorney General Paxson um, will win the suit. And even if it's not a, a, an outright win, at least we will see what we've seen a number of times now in his suits with the Biden administration, where they have had to modify their policies. They've had to, they, you know, they, 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 they've had to back off from some of their, some of their crazy um, to the benefit of Texas and to the benefit of Texans. So I'm, I'm, I'm like you, I'm very bullish on Ken Paxton. I think he's doing, doing a good job here. And, and quite honestly, um, you know, having, having the largest law firm, in the United States, which <laughs> is the Texas Attorney General's office, um, rearing its head and roaring at the federal government is about the only entity that can do that. You know, no one really cares what the AG of Rhode Island thinks, right? <laughs> uh, but when you have the AG of Texas, you know, every every court, every, you know, has to has to kind of take a little notice there. Yeah. Paxton winning. There's something Republican voters aren't used to winning. Imagine that. Michael Quinn Sullivan, TexasScorecard.com. It is where I can't think of a better place to get news about what's actually going on in Austin. These are and it's not just the big stuff in Austin, the stuff with Paxton and Dan Patrick. And of course, all the liberal cronies of mayors of big cities around the state of Texas, but but little news stories that you're not supposed to know about scandals and small independent school districts around the state. Texas Scorecard has all these stories. Their investigations take you places the liberal media in this state will never go. Check out their website today. Subscribe to their email list and follow my buddy Michael Quinn Sullivan on social media. It might be the smartest thing you do today. Ronald Reagan once said, when you can't make them see the light, make them feel the heat. So, 
He was talking about barbecue, Tex-Mex, and Cajun food, right? Yeah, kind of. This is Pursuit of Happiness Radio with Ken Webster Jr. That reminds me, I think it's time for second lunch. Sunday night, according to research, Sunday night is by far the hardest night of the week to try to get some proper sleep. Evidently, not enough people know about ESPN's Sunday night baseball. You know what else people don't know about? You can leave me a voicemail and hear your voice on this radio show. Thousands of people all over Houston can hear your concerns, your questions, your comments, your complaints every afternoon right around this time. It's time once again for voicemail messages from you. The following voicemail messages were sent from listeners just like you using the iHeartRadio app. It's true. If you want to send us a voicemail, just download the iHeartRadio smartphone app and push the talkback button. You can send us a 30-second audio recording that we will play on the show at a future date. Probably because it would be impossible to play your audio messages on a previous date. So what are you waiting for? Download the app and leave us a message today. All right, let's get to some of the voicemail messages from you guys. Hey, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. The edge of the seatbelt. I don't know what that means, but I'm glad you told me it, sir. The edge of this. I should point out I never listen to these ahead of time. You know, mostly because I want, I say because I want my reaction to be candid and a little bit because I'm lazy. But anyway, as long as you don't swear, I don't care if it's gibberish. Let's hear another voicemail. Hello, everyone in Kennyland. That's right. All here. As a reminder, CNN gave Trump a town hall so that he has a better shot at getting the GOP nomination in 2024. This is because they feel that he will be a weaker candidate than DeSantis. Based on that, the evening was a success. Trump performed very well. But don't anyone just go on about what a great night he had. He is being played. Cheers. Paul, As right now, I got to tell you, Paul, I have mixed feelings about your, your comment for two reasons. Number one. I don't disagree with it, right? And I say that as a guy that's planning on voting for Trump. I've said this, but they did this in 2016. The Democrats think Trump cannot win, and they didn't think he could win in 2016. And look where we are now. According to this new polling data from what is the website Real Clear Politics, black voters are done with Biden, and they now prefer Trump. If Biden's going to be the candidate for the Democrats, and I don't really see any path for anyone else, much less Marion Williamson or RFK Jr., that would mean there's that would mean a they're stuck with Biden and they're stuck with the votes he's going to get, which means it all depends on who the, the, the Republicans want run. And we've been told over and over again, the Republicans cannot win with Trump. DeSantis is the easier shoe and win. But I just don't know if I agree with that. I would love to see Trump go scorched earth, get back into the White House, start firing people, clean house. All the executive orders and actions you expect him to take when he gets into the White House. And then the beauty of that would be we could get eight years of DeSantis in 2028. There are very few people you'll hear in conservative media that, that will tell you they like Trump, but they also like DeSantis. For some reason, you're allowed to like one and you're not allowed to like the other. I, I, I reject that policy I re, or that position rather. But I am leaning towards Trump right now. And I reserve the right to change my mind about that after the first debate. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. In the meantime, more voicemails from you guys. Sometimes people don't know they're leaving a voicemail, right? Like we're listening to somebody. I hope this guy doesn't say something embarrassing. This is, this is just a guy walking around with his phone in his pocket. 
He had no idea this seemingly mundane moment of his life would be heard by thousands of people. And there's really not much to hear, so let's play the next voicemail. Hail from Appalachia. 70 years now, Uncle Sam used unlimited power, controlling the world. Non-compliant nations are infiltrated. Culture wars accelerate. Riots and chaos ensue. Sanctions, boycotts, plague, famine, war. Government topples. Empire takes over. It never goes good, but it's all they know. Total authoritarian control. They installed our President Joey Mumbles and Jill the Doc Biden, after all. Just Dale. Hey, Dale, I appreciate the voicemail, and as always, you explained it perfectly. I don't, I don't disagree with a lick of that. CNN fact-checkers did a study this week. We found that Joe Biden offended zero people. Huh. Donald Trump, how many people do you think you offended this week? <laughs> I don't know. I lost track about 20,000 offenses ago, but thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> that's pretty. That's good, sir. I really thought I was listening to CNN for a second. Hey, Ken. This is Dave. Hey, Dave. Um, the money guy who you were thinking of, you couldn't think of his name, is uh, Dave Ramsey. Thank you. That was, Later. Thanks. I had a brain fart on the air the other day. I agree with most of what Dave Ramsey says, except for one thing. Dave Ramsey says you shouldn't have any debt. Pay off all your debt as quickly as possible. And I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. If you got in on a low interest rate before they started doing the interest rate hikes as of as of late, I'm sure you've heard about that, for your mortgage, does it really make sense to pay off the mortgage real fast? It's free money. Take your time with paying off your mortgage and invest that money in something that, you know, will accrue profits faster. If the rate of inflation is higher than your interest rate, it probably doesn't make any sense to pay off your home loan. Just let it sit there. Let the let let your let your monthly bill be relatively low and invest the money somewhere else. You know, it's just my two cents. Hey, Walton and Johnson, I've been following you guys for years. Cool. Years. Thanks so much. I love it, what you stand for. Man, you fit in with my what I do on TikTok. You fit in with what I'm trying, what the country needs to hear right now, too. God bless y'all. Stay strong. Never give up. You got this. Hey, you can find me on TikTok. I'm Ness Renee. For OG seventy nine for truth for right for real for <laughs> there's no our, need, <laughs> ma'am. You lost me at that. There's no need for you to tell us how to find you on TikTok. That's never going to happen. I cannot say this enough, right? I, I I encourage my listeners don't flee social media. People that listen to this radio show, to those of you that take the time to it, you know, I, I I'm very grateful that you spend time with me every afternoon and that you spend time with our morning show. And I encourage you to stay on social media despite all the censorship. Despite all the far-left rhetoric, we know that it's an evil machine. We know it's Big Brother. It's 1984. It's very Orwellian. But I encourage you to continue to be a part of the debate. Stick around. Leave your two cents. Stay on Twitter. Stay on Facebook. Stay on Meta, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. I know I don't live stream as much as I used to, but partly is because I was getting censored so much. Even still, continue to be a part of the discussion. They want us to be quiet. They don't want us to be part of the conversation. But there's one place I've never... I have a TikTok account. I mean, I have one. I've never used it. Somebody at the radio station years ago, when TikTok first became a thing, when our digital program director set up a TikTok account for me, and he and he said to me, Kenny, this is going to be huge. You should start using it. And I was like, all right, well, what is it? It's short form comedy sketches. Like, oh, that seems like it could be cool. And then I looked at it, and it was a bunch of transgender teenagers talking about why they hate their dad. 
And at the time, and I just wasn't interested in being a part of that. And at the time, we didn't even realize the whole algorithm is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Now that we know what it is, I'm really not using it. Anyway, I do encourage you to use Twitter, though. Twitter is not perfect, but it's the closest thing to perfect as far. It's the Texas of social media networks. It's not perfect, but it's pretty close. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Hey, a wise man once told me the secret to a successful marriage is having a house with, like, 25 rooms. Okay. So y'all can't find each other. Yeah. All right. Interesting. I live in a small condo in the city. Maybe that's what my problem is. Thank you for the advice. I want to give you guys my motto. The government rather drink alcohol and fight than smoke bud and unite. They need to legalize it. I made that stuff, that, that quote up back in the late night. I, I should probably tell you guys, when you leave these voicemails, Turn the radio off in the background. It's hard to hear you with another conversation going. Isn't that obvious? I don't know. I'm Kenny Webster. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening today. Leave me more voicemails. I'll play them on the show tomorrow. I got to run right now. We'll be back in the morning with more of what you bought a radio for with Walton and Johnson and Pursuit of Happiness right here on KPRC. Stop it, government. Get out of my life. You're listening to The Pursuit of Happiness Radio. to the pursuit of happiness radio tell the government to kiss your ass when you listen to this show